0: Performance Plus presents the Summit Club podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Statz.
1: Welcome to the Summit Club, episode five. Today, the team and I are going to explore the third pillar of competitive advantage the value discipline around customer intimacy. Gentlemen, let's step off from camp number two on the mountain and start the customer intimacy climb to camp three. What the heck is customer intimacy? Well, it's that buyer that'll pay more for highly tailored, complex, customized solutions that they desperately rely on or depend on. Uh, it's almost like they're outsourcing or offloading this particular challenge and you're taking responsibility for it. Examples, Oracle, SAP, Maria, Ritz-Carlton, It's that whatever-it-takes mindset that you deliver to your customer for seasons. Uh, Yeah, I mean,
2: each of these uh, businesses, Bill just mentioned, one thing they all deliver at a a really, really high level is great service. I mean, there there are a lot of places you can go to get any of these products, but in addition to having great products, the service they all deliver is above and beyond. Uh, Take the Ritz-Carlton, for example. Uh, everybody at the Ritz-Carlton who works there has a certain amount of money, I thought it was a thousand dollars a year, but it's not important to spend for the satisfaction of the customer. So if you need something, if you want something, whether it falls uh, under their purview or not, they can go out and get it for you, spend money for, on it to, to, to make to make you happy. Um,
0: and again, that's that's great service. I mean, we just mentioned a lot of these companies which are like Fortune, what, 500, 100 companies of you know Oracle, SAP, Maria. But for most of uh, the people listening here, it can be scaled down a whole lot. And to do that and to think of that in a scaled down way of customer intimacy, think of things such as your barber or hairdresser. You know, when you go in there, they already know how you want to get your hair cut. They have an idea of what's going on in your life, so you're not sitting there awkward for the next 20 minutes. And that rapport that you build that's customer intimacy there same thing with your your auto mechanic you know if you're a car person they might know that you're a car person and they'll they'll talk more nuts and bolts about your vehicle and what's coming down the road and what you want to think about and at the same point even with a deli local corner store local deli even a bar it's the whole cheers thing everybody knows your name like you want to be able to walk in there and before you have your coat off there's your
1: guinness Sitting on, on on the on the bar right there, waiting for you. Mine's a red stripe, <laughs> which is really funny. The first time, while you're waiting, would you like a beer? What like wait, what? Would you red stripe? I mean, even your your doctor, your dentist,
0: um, anything that's essentially a person to person industry, they will more than likely fall into this customer intimacy arena. So don't th- don't. Th- don't just think as we're going through this episode, everyone, that it has to be a fortune 100 or something like that to do this. You can have a small one-person, two-person shop and
1: implement this and get the results from this. You know what's really funny when you say that? Think about, and you mentioned the dentist. You know, we've all been in situations where you go to the dentist and you leave and you're not feeling that great for whatever reasons. And Sometimes they'll give you a prescription or sometimes they'll just say, you know, take Advil or ibuprofen or whatever. But how many times does it take to really impact you when at 7.30 or 8 o'clock that night the phone rings and it's the dentist who's checking in on you to make sure you're okay, you need anything. It's like, wow, what a difference that can make. Or I'm on Davisville Road and when I get rear-ended, and the car is not drivable, so I call Enterprise. Well, they come out with the car and pick me up. You go on with your day. Oh, wow. They just, the guy just... No! I left him (laughs) waiting for the tow truck. Oh, wow. Yeah, Enterprise is probably one of the largest family-owned companies in the country, I think, but they still have that element of that customer how do we best take care of that customer? I think it's interesting if you look at the three disciplines and you're
2: trying to decide which one your company's gonna be involved with, this one sort of jumps out at you, you go, well, this is easy. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of money, it's just a service business. But I think the trap there is, um, you could say to a small group or a large group, we're gonna start treating our customers better. But you know, to manage that and make sure that happens every day, every time, is where you can get yourself in trouble. Because there's nothing worse than seeing a sign or having somebody say to you, we care about your customers. And then through your experience, you find out they really don't. They just say they do. It's just yeah. a sign.
1: Yeah, it's just a sign, exactly. There's a movie that we've, I'm sure we've all seen it, and it's not something you're gonna think about r- relative to this topic. But uh, if you remember Jerry Maguire, and, with Tom Cruise, and the whole focus was him with his brain seizure, less customers, more service, instead of just, it's another football player, it's another piece of meat, whatever. And again, you could look at that overarching uh, concept as customer intimacy. We, We have too many customers. We can't give them the attention that they deserve and depend on. They'll pay more for it. The key is it's gotta be tailored or customized, if you will, to their individual world, their challenges. Um, whether that's talent, meaning headcount, they don't have enough people, or they don't have enough of the right people. Um, I think we have mentioned it before, when P&G has a whole floor in Bentonville, Arkansas, in the building at Walmart, you know, to some degree, there's a more intimate relationship <laughs> with the vendor with what and we've we've talked about walmart is as, as operationally excellent but at the same time they're forcing a value discipline on their supplier and saying we don't want you to be operationally excellent we want you to be customer intimate we say jump you say how
3: high you know it's fair? Not really, mm-hmm. hey it's not only a customer it's the entire industry yeah it's not just procter and gamble it, it's down there in in Arkansas, uh, in Bentonville, you've got an entire city that has grown up with offices with major corporations around the world that have people on the ground every day to provide intimate service to Walmart and ultimately Walmart Walmart shoppers. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, if you sell in that world, the customer intimacy world, yet you have to accept the fact that the differentiator is you. Whether it's you, your company, or you, you as a person, uh, you're the magic dust, you're the secret sauce, you'll get the most price stability, um, but it's going to require the most personal involvement. Um, yeah, the payoff is uh loyalty.
2: If you do a good job of that, people are probably never going to leave you.
1: We've run into that in our past histories in radio where the best salespeople are the ones that not only do they know the most about their their customers they do the most for their customers (laughs) whatever it takes yeah you know yeah Um, whether it's coming in on a saturday and delivering something or make making an appearance at some function yeah Um,
2: and you know sometimes to that point it's it's not really hard when i was Starting out and selling, I was calling on a media buyer and we had finished our business for the day. And she said, You know, I'm going to pay you a compliment. You're a really good salesperson. And I thought about that for a second. I said, Well, I'm not looking for more compliments. I said, Can I just ask you why you say that? And she said, Well, yeah. I said, if, if I call you, you always call me back the same day. And I went, Okay. And if I need something, you always get it to me when I need it. And if there's a reason that you don't think you can you'll call me and ask me, is it okay if it, it takes a little longer? So you would think everybody does that, but everybody doesn't do that. So sometimes it's just really simplistic things and being considerate of the person you're, you're dealing with and following through, uh, that's gonna separate you from everyone, everyone else.
1: It's funny with uh, personal experiences, when's the last time your insurance person called you to find out if you had all the coverage or did you have too much coverage or whatever? I never hear from my insurance person, ever. They just pay the premiums and hope nothing happens. Yeah.
3: Well, it's interesting. When you do have a lot of insurance, which a lot of businesses do, and you call for that review that you haven't had for several years, and then you find out you're gonna make substantial changes in your coverage, it, it lends the question, why didn't you call me? Why did I have to call yeah. you? Yeah. And I mean, that's the opposite of customer intimacy, mm-hmm. but just a simple follow-up to your point, yeah, Rick. Right, and and a care and concern for your customer is a first step toward customer intimacy. Yeah.
0: So it's the inverse. Even though you might be a commodity to the to the client, you can't treat your clients as if they're a commodity as well. Well right.
1: said. Yeah. Think about when's the last time. Uh, Fios called you to let you know about a whole new pricing plan. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> no. I, I never, when you call to complain, they then say, well, well you know, we have, the, it's almost like they have a matrix where it's like, ooh, really upset customer, offer them a better deal. But they're not telling you first, you know? Yeah, the next well, time they call me, the first
3: time they call Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that. I opened my bill the other day, nor did they call me when they let me know they just increased my rate by $30 mm-hmm. per month. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine how much money they make just by people not looking at their bill? You try, ever try to figure out your phone bill? It's impossible.
1: It yeah. is impossible.
2: <laughs> it's it's, it's impossible. so many pages of I don't yeah. know what. Right. You can spend most of the rest of your life trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out and I think that's calculated. <laughs> so if yeah. we
3: were,
1: uh, the video, one of the videos that the, the team was watching and it's like figure out what you're not. Well, we could come up with a real big list of what these people aren't, you know, they're not this, they're not that, I don't know what that leaves, you know what they are, they're a monopoly, <laughs> they do whatever they want. So unless you're a monopoly in your marketplace, read and heed, think about what we're going over in these uh, this series regarding value discipline. Um, there's a couple of books that uh, you might want to get your hands on, as well as, we're going to try to leave you with uh, some direction, if you will, on some of these elements. Uh, and how do, how do you figure out whether they fit in your world? And if they do fit, where do you start?
3: Guys, any thoughts about that? It, it can be argued on, on several sides. You know, there's a cost to customer intimacy. Yes. You know, there's the examples we've heard about, let uh, say Nordstrom, for, for example, taking a return of snow tires when they were never in the snow tire <laughs> business. Yes, that's a cost, and, and you'll incur those. But so much of what can be done on the customer intimacy side, there's not a great cost involved with. It's caring, it's loving your customer, it's providing simple things like follow-up. The example of your dentist, are you feeling okay after that oral surgery? Often it's the simple things that are easily done. They take time, but not necessarily money. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: One of the things I would suggest for folks that are listening, unless you're a sole proprietor, involve a couple people, if you have a leadership team, a couple managers, and talk to them about what you've heard You can certainly direct them to listen to the podcast series, but the idea should be, what is your competition doing? What are you best at? Or what do you think you have the best capability at? Whether it's operational excellence, whether it's uh, product leadership, or whether it's customer intimacy. And pick the best fit. Don't do it unilaterally, do it with some input from other folks in your company and know that you're going to have to create a plan around it and you're going to have to define expectations and priorities. And, you know, you'll hear the buzz word SWOT. One of the future podcasts that we'll be providing for many different applications is the whole concept of analyzing your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And that that would be a good starting, it's not complicated, but you need to understand the concept. And it might be a good starting point for those of you that are listening that are not sure what the first step should be to identify a value discipline that fits in your organization. So everybody that's listening at
0: home, or on your way to work, or at your desk, you probably are getting used to how we take each one of our topics towards the end of the session and figure out how that can benefit you directly. What can you do with this as an action item? So in regards to what we're talking today about customer intimacy, what do you guys have to say about that? How do we really make an actionable item out of applying this?
3: You know, I've been a little stumped here. Uh, You know, I go back to my days in accounting and, and Bill informed me a little earlier that no is a four letter word. I keep coming up with two but told, four is a no letter, a four letter word. Bill,
1: can you help me on this? So, so a lot, many times, no triggers a uh, thought. It's not always a response, it could be a thought, and many times the thought is profanity. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, uh, whatever, and uh, many years ago, in uh, in the world of customer service um, we had a conversation and, and the topic came up about no uh, and the other word is the oh, problem there's usually a, bl- a, a breath out like oh, problem the perfect response to either of those thoughts no problem is put them together and what you wind up with is no problem all you do is push the words together and change your tonality and inflection and what was oh boy bad nose turns into here's another part of that customer intimate value proposition
3: okay i guess i I understand no (laughs) is a four-letter word (laughs) well it's funny too because You know,
1: everything's not about the analytics. You know, we have baseball, all sports now are, are consumed with analytics. But if you're trying to figure out how you could encourage or grow your culture to be more customer oriented, have a cookbook, have a recipe where you're challenging your people to use the right words so many times a week, find a spot, find a spot to change no or a problem into no problem, no worries. We can do it. Um, I think also
2: even if for some reason you know you're not going to be able to give the customer what, what he or she wants. If you just say rather than going no on the spot, you know, let me go back and take a look at it and give it some thought and see if we can come up with something. Uh, if you then come back, I think, and, and explain to them why it can't be done, they're going to be a little bit. They may not like it, but they're going to be more accepting than you just saying on the spot.
1: No, and in an effort to preserve customer intimacy, you can always blame it on your boss. <laughs> 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 i to check it out. And come back. And go. I really would love to do it, but my boss says I can't get him or her. So, with that being said, anything
3: else left on the table? I think we talked. About, we haven't talked about anticipation. We mentioned. Uh, you know, anticipating needs and, and, and having, you know, ready solutions for situations that are going to come up in, in the the whole process is important to customer intimacy as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you'll find this at your dentist or even at your doctor. A lot of times it's more medical where it, where it rings true, where you'll meet with your doctor about whatever your checkup and your doctor will say, well, you're doing okay, but you might want to do X, Y, and Z, or else you're gonna have this coming down the pike. It's it's probably not the best example, but a customer intimacy of, in your specific line of work, you say, okay, client, you're doing X, Y, and Z right now, but you might wanna think about this, which could be priming your business for the sale to that client. So you're thinking in their best interest, but at the same time, you are making a sale. You know what's funny,
1: having the thought, We have folks in an audience that hopefully are out there listening like we are listening to each other, and it's not so much you'll hear something that we say, and you're going to go, wow, I'm going to do that, as much as it is to get you thinking, and there might be a jump off from something we say to even a better thought. And the example that I'm in my own head thinking when we're talking about John says anticipation well how about you saying giving your customer a referral or an introduction to a service or a resource that you don't even do but all of a sudden now not only it's like more of a complicated action and anticipation but it's providing credibility and options customers talking about some issue could be adult pet it could be whatever and you have a great vet or they're talking about their car and this you can offer referrals introductions power sources that really aren't directly involved with the business that you're conducting but again it makes that personal and what we think about you gotta love your customers and whatever that means yeah, sometimes I think it's
2: and it may not always be practical you know uh, you can sit around and brainstorm okay we should do this for our customers ask them, ask them if that would have value or ask them what kinds of things I can't tell you that I may or may not be able to do it But if there's something else I could do to make your business easier, what might that be? And if you could then give them what they're
1: asking for. It's a great point, because how many businesses do a good job of surveying their customers? And I'm not suggesting it has to be some highly mechanized, computerized thing. It could be taking them out to lunch and saying... Mm -hmm. Tell me how we're doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And what else
1: can we do for you? So, yeah. Yeah. see uh, Simple, but yeah. not, not always easy because it's going to take time. Right. Well, I you, look, I think you just get credit whether you can
2: fulfill it or not just because you ask. Absolutely. Because it, what it says is, okay, these people care about me.
1: You guys have heard me talk about clients that I've had that only survey customers that love them. It's like, what kind of survey is that? Right. You're only asking people that you know are going to give you high marks. It's like, you're not going to learn anything that way. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. going to learn more. And I think anybody listening
0: can agree with just life itself. Like, you you don't grow unless you fold off that bike.
1: You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you teach when you win, and you learn when you lose. Mm-hmm. So, uh,. With that being said, if you want to learn more about the concept of um, value discipline and competitive advantage, there's a couple books that you might want to check out. One is called The Discipline of Market Leaders, and it's by Michael Treacy, T-R-E-A-C-Y, and Fred Wiertsma, W-I-E-R-S-E-M-A. And the other one's called Customer Intimacy by Fred Wiertsma, the same fella. W-I-E-R-S-E-M-A. They're both really good books. And again, it could be a significant piece of your business library. So again, speaking of intimacy, if you're listening and you want to get more intimate with the Summit Club and our podcast, make sure you click that subscribe button and leave us a message, send us an email, let us know, give us feedback. And if we use uh, something that you provided to us, you'll get a Summit Club t-shirt. So that being said, everybody uh, have a good day. And from the team, we'll see you on the mountain next time.
0: To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. The Summit Club podcast is recorded and produced by Inertia Marketing and Design, a full-service marketing, digital, and graphic communications agency. You can find them at www.inertia.marketing. Thanks for listening to The Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top.